0: Today, I want to take a few moments and I want to talk about uh, a concept that I think is so powerful and it's called backfire. Everybody say backfire. backfire. Have you ever had anything backfire on you before? Come on, you, you, uh, I'm not much on Pinterest myself, but I know I, I see all these Pinterest fails that happen. People envision this great thing taking place and They're going to do some kind of crafty thing or baking thing or something, and it just comes out in in a terrible sort of way. Uh, And, uh, you know, occasionally you have this vision of, like, you're going to dive into something, and it's just going to be this glorious event. And uh, so you're going to be kind of like this girl who thought, oh, I'm sure she had a different idea in mind when she first started out. She thought she was going to elegantly swing out over that, but everybody say backfire, (laughs) yeah, or you're out, you know, fishing and your best friend, you decide you're going to be, oh goodness, (laughs) any dog lovers say, come on, backfire, (laughs) or or maybe you're out playing army uh, over the weekend, oh, that's no good, is that... (laughs) That guy, <laughs> you had one job, <laughs> and <laughs> I guess that's a foxhole. I don't know, but uh, I think all of us have experienced uh, a backfire in our own world, where you know we we were we meant well with something we did or something we said, but it got taken wrong by somebody else, and it kind of backfired on you, even though you were trying to do well or. Uh, You know, maybe you launched into sort of a new business opportunity or a new investment opportunity and you thought you'd done your due diligence, but the whole thing backfired and you lost out. I think we've all experienced that. Uh, I've had this experience, I I always try to post, you know, like encouraging, uh, positive, Things that help people, but every once in a while I'll post something online that I think is, "Hey, God really wants to bless you. God wants to cause you to flourish." And oh, sometimes the, the haters can come out. But ever had it, the flamethrowers come out after them online? If you don't, that means you don't post anything online. So, but uh, what I really want to talk about today is is this incredible idea is that God specializes in making the plans of the devil backfire against him and there's no better weekend for us to remember that than this weekend one of my favorite scriptures is john 10 10 which uh, is uh, gives us a great story and helps us understand that there's two forces at work in the world that we live in. There's a thief, the devil, who comes, his job is, his agenda is, he wants to steal, he wants to kill, he wants to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, and not just life, but life that's more abundant, that you would live a great life, that you would even have eternal life. And I think all of us, with, without a lot of study or scrutiny, would recognize that there really are kind of these two forces at work. There's the force of evil that is out to steal, kill, and destroy anything it can get its hands on. And then there is, there is God Who is for us, a God who wants to give us life, who wants to give us an an abundant life, and and that is the devil is at work in every person's world uh, to steal, to take away what belongs to you, to kill, to bring death where God wants to bring life, and that may be in your, your own personal soul, that may be in your marriage, that may be in your career, it may be in some of your relationships ships or, or even the devil is out to destroy, to tear down something that you already have but he wants to, to bring it down. And there's a couple of stories in the Bible I think that exemplify this concept of backfire so powerfully. There's a young man named Joseph uh, in the book of Genesis who at 17 years old, the Bible said Joseph had a dream. And And the truth is Joseph isn't alone in that. I think every one of us has been given by God a dream in our heart in other words you you've been you've been given a sense of purpose for life and there's a dream inside of you about something that you could bring Better to something that God could use you for. There's something that concerns you or something you want to make a difference with. And, and a lot of us have dreams, but and it, 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 a dream can be powerful. It can give you this sense of destiny, this sense of purpose that is born out of the dream that is inside of you. But I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but I'm sure you have. On the way to trying to fulfill that dream, there are forces that are conspiring to kill your dream, to destroy your dream, to, to do away with your dream, and, and Joseph experienced the, that in, in, a, in an incredible way. He, uh, he, his dad was kind of really played favorites a little bit with Joseph, but I'm sure he loved all of his sons, but it appeared that Joseph was the favorite son. And how many of you know that when, when the other child appears to be the favorite child, that's no fun. And, uh, but the truth is, I, I think all of us can know this, everybody can be God's favorite son, God's favorite daughter. And there's a mantle of blessing, just like the mantle of blessing that God put on Joseph that God wants to put on you for your dream. There's favor for your dream. There's grace for your dream. There's help from heaven for your dream. But here is Joseph, and he's 17 years old, and he's not too skilled at his leadership skills yet. And he shows up to his brothers, and he shows up to his dad, and he says, hey, guys, just want you to know I had a dream, and I'm going to be the boss of you. That's not the way to inspire people to follow your leadership. And so his brothers are even more aggravated with him than ever. And, uh, and so they conspire to kill Joseph. And, uh, and then they, one of the brothers gets a, a little bit of a sense about him and says, let's not kill him. Let's throw him in a pit. And uh, he's in the pit. And at the same time, this e- Egyptian uh, caravan is passing by. And then another brother says, I've got a better idea. Let's sell him. let me just say, if your family is set up to where your family wants to either kill you, throw you in a pit, or sell you, that's going to make for an awkward feeling around Thanksgiving dinner. You know, it's just, that is not going to be a fun, fun moment. And uh, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I think all of us have experienced some level of family dysfunction. If you haven't, then maybe you are the family dysfunction, but... Don't worry about that. But, you know, Joseph's journey was incredible because he gets sold off uh, to slavery, but the favor that's on his life causes him to rise in Pharaoh's household, and, um, and now he is, you know, in the palace, which even in there could steal your dream if you get distracted from what God really wants you to do with your life. And then in the midst of that, Potiphar's wife decides Joseph doing good, looking good, and she wants Joseph to sleep with her. And he's like, no way, how could I sin against God and sin against um, your husband and uh, sin against the purpose of my life? And uh, so she lies about him. Ever had anybody lie about you? There's no fun at all. He gets thrown in the prison. And, and here's this, this guy who experienced the pit. He experienced the prison. He experienced the palace. He's had good days. He's had bad days. Uh, he experienced people lying about him. He's got family issues going on, injustice happening all around him. And the truth is, the beautiful thing about Joseph is he he never lets all that happen. Get inside of him, and I think a lot of those experiences are intended by the enemy not just to distract or deter us from what God has for us, but if he can get us with a with a resentful thing inside of us, we're done. If if he can get us to where we're bitter on the inside about life or about people or you know you. Men are bitter against women or women are bitter against men or we're bitter against leaders or presidents or whatever. You get this caustic thing inside of you. That's destroyed your dream. You're done. You're, you're done on the inside. But Joseph is able to cast all of that off and Genesis 50 verse 20 says as for you, you meant evil against me. To, to steal, kill, destroy but God, everybody say, but God. But God. That's backfire. <laughs> but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. God caused all the evil that was intended to go toward Joseph to backfire and turn into good in his life. Amen. And, and, and I, that is what God wants to do for you. As I think about Joseph, I think it's a beautiful thing to have faith for a better future, to have hope even for a better future. But Joseph has this ability to look back into his past and have faith for his past and call his past good, even though his past didn't seem fair even though his past felt like injustice was handed to him. And everybody in this room can sing the somebody done me wrong song, right? We've all had wrong done to us. And the truth is, we've all done wrong. Hello, everybody in this room, you've done something stupid. I know a lot of you, so I know it's true. We've got to learn to process all that and just say, that's the past, and I'm not going to let a regret from the past keep running my life today. Don't ever let what others have done wrong to you in the past run your today. So you've been hurt in a relationship. Come on, if you've had a relationship, you've been hurt. You've been hurt in church. Hello, I've been hurt in church right? You, you, you've been, you've been taken advantage of in a business deal. You got to learn to forget about it. Put your life in the hands of the God who causes evil plans to backfire. They put it up earlier, but now you can put it up. Don't keep making decisions about your future, entirely based on protecting yourself from all the pain of your past. There's certainly things to learn, and when the, when you touch the hot stove, you learn not to touch it again, but you can't let all that get inside of you where you get small, and you get bitter, and you get resentful, and you get guarded, and you get sheltered, and, and let that keep running your life. Romans 8 is kind of the passage that covers this in such a great way, we know that God causes all things. God doesn't cause all bad things to happen, but God causes all things that happen to work together for good to those who love God. And let me just say, that is the qualifier, is us putting our lives, surrendering our lives to the lordship of Jesus and to the love of Jesus, because Those are the ones that have the promise that those who love God and to those who are called according to your purpose. So could I just encourage you today to shake off your past? (laughs) No matter what, no matter what you've done wrong, no matter what's been done wrong to you, you got to shake off your past and you got to go ahead and put on your mantle of blessing. Put on your mantle of favor. Put on your dream because everybody that's in your world needs you to keep walking towards your dream. Your spouse needs it. Your kids need it. Your friends need it. Everybody around you. The enemy might have meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Come on. Everybody say, backfire. If things haven't turned out for good yet, that means the story is still being written. Another one of my favorite backfire stories is found in the book of Esther. Now, Esther has uh, risen to the place of being the queen of a population of people that are not really uh, kind to the, God's people in that day, the Jewish people. And, and the truth is there's always forces in the world that are against God's people. You can see it today in our news and in some of the legislation that takes place that there is this, you know, against God's people. And here she was, she and her uncle Mordecai were in this kingdom and in this society of, of people that, that weren't really for, it. and it was especially personified in a, a second in command guy named Haman. And Haman is, Haman's got kind of a pride thing going on. So every time he walks down the road, he wants people to kind of bow down and recognize that he's Haman. In his head, he's thinking he's Haman the Great. Ever known anybody like that? <laughs> and, and he gets, and, he, and he's so upset because Mordecai won't bow down to hit what he thinks everybody should be doing for him. And he gets this, this jealousy thing going on inside of him where he is jealous of Mordecai and he is jealous of the favor and the blessing that is on Mordecai. Don't ever get jealous of somebody else's blessing. I know it's easy to, to look at somebody else's life and go, man, they just seem to have it made. No they don't. You don't know the pain. <laughs> you don't know the stuff they're going through. And the truth is, they've got favor for their dream, but God's got plenty of favor for your dream. It's not hey, come on. It's not like he has just a little bit to give out. Oops, gave it all to him. None left for you. No, there's plenty for everybody. It's plenty enough. So, he, so here he's upset and, he, and, he, and he's creating this plan for a parade to take place that, that would honor him. And he's got this elaborate plan for a parade and while he's planning this, in the background, um, the king is finding out that Mordecai had stepped up a couple of years back and had actually exposed a couple of people that were planning on killing the king. And, and while Haman is thinking about and about ready to walk into the king's presence and tell the king, hey, I've got this plan for a parade for somebody who really wants to honor you, but he was really wanting to honor himself. And, and little does he know that the king is thinking about how can I honor Mordecai? So Haman walks in. How do you think we ought to help the, someone who loves the king who should be honored by the king? And he's got this big elaborate plan for parade. And the king says, good, do that parade for Mordecai. Backfire. And he begrudgingly has to lead this parade where Mordecai is being honored in the streets. Then he really gets angry and decides, I'm going I'm to find a way to hang Mordecai, to kill Mordecai. Jealousy is an evil thing. And, and he's, so he's, he's built this gallows for Mordecai to be hung on, and the king finds out something about Haman, and, and Haman ends up hanging on the gallows that his jealousy built. But God caused the plans of the enemy to backfire, just like he wants to do for you. And today we celebrate the most incredible backfire that's ever taken place. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Come on. Jesus. Jesus Jesus lived a sinless life. He was betrayed by his one of his closest friends, Judas. He is unjustly crucified, and he goes through this this horrible experience. And like even not only that's what's going on outside of him, but within his own soul, there is this anguish because he knows what he's facing, what he's about to go up against, and he prays this prayer: "God, if it would be possible." please, could I get a pass on this one? Anybody ever prayed a prayer like that? I just, God, please, could could this cup pass for me? Could I get a pass? And the Bible records this incredible idea that Jesus goes to the cross, goes to hell, and the enemy thinks, I've defeated Jesus. I've gotten Jesus out of the picture. Little does he realize that Jesus isn't getting out of the picture, he's taking over the picture. And the Bible says that Jesus takes the keys, which is the authority of death, taken away from the devil, takes the authority of hell, takes it away from the devil, takes the authority of the grave. The devil's plan to destroy Jesus, he backfires. And the Bible literally says Jesus defeats death by dying. So what does that even mean? Hebrews 2 says, therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he, Jesus, also partook of flesh and blood, became just like us, that through death, he could render powerless him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. Every one of us would deserve death. Every one of us has done something wrong. Every one of us could not stand in a place. It would be the biggest mistake in the world to say, I don't deserve this. You don't want what you deserve. But I don't want what I deserve. All of us actually deserved death because we've all sinned. And fallen short of the glory of God. And the devil always had just the right to destroy, to kill, to do away with our lives. But Jesus was the first one that was absolutely sinless. And the devil crossed the boundary of justice and killed someone who did not deserve it. Jesus takes the power of sin... The power of death. And he overcomes it all. You know that when Jesus was in hell, the enemy said, I've got him where I want him. Just like he has said about some of you. The enemy says, I've got him where I want him and I'm going to use every ounce of my power and authority to keep Jesus down. But... God, raised Jesus from the dead and by God's power. Because you've got to understand this. Death reigns in this world until Jesus comes in to our life. Death is not just the day you die. Death is spiritual it's the, it's the cessation of life. There are people who are, they're, they're breathing, they're moving, but they're not alive. They, their dream has died, their, their soul has died. They're just going through the motions. But Jesus came to give us life, to overcome death. Death is the ultimate enemy. And you know, if Jesus overcomes the ultimate enemy, then he can overcome any enemy. The power of death, we pray for people, we pray for a man, stage four cancer. We're believing God to heal him. As long as somebody's alive, there's still hope, there's still an opportunity. But once somebody has gone on, how many of you know that? that's greater than any sickness? any financial strain, any relationship conflict, any kind of broken heart. But the greatest enemy has been rendered powerless. I really believe that no matter what you're facing today, Jesus has won a victory for you. All the plans of the devil to try to kill you, to try to kill your dream, to try to kill your soul, to try to destroy you. They're all going to backfire. And I know sometimes we think, I got to do better. I got to make my life better. Can I just tell you, this scripture is so powerful to me, 2 Corinthians 13. Jesus was crucified in weakness, but he lives because of the power of God. We also are weak in Him. Anybody ever feel weak? Feel like, I don't have what it takes. Yet, we live with Him because of the power of God directed toward you. I want us to pray together. I want you to bow your heads, please, and we need to close your eyes. Father, I just know in this room there are marriages, there are dreams, There are hopes, there are aspirations, Father, that the enemy has loved to choose an opportunity to steal it, to kill it, to destroy it, but God is the God who causes the plans of the enemy to backfire. And you've got a plan of recovery, you've got a plan of better, and I believe you're gonna do it for every person While your head is bowed, your eyes are closed, just a couple of minutes left really in this meeting together, but maybe you're here today and you've never just surrendered your life to the love of Jesus, to the Lordship of Jesus. I would love to pray with you. Maybe you're here today and you know there was a day when you used to be close to the Lord, closer than you are today. I don't know why things have caused you to separate, and it doesn't really matter, but you're here today, and you know I've got to get back. I got to get my heart back right with God again. I want to pray with you. Or maybe you're just here, and you don't feel confident. You don't feel sure that your life is in the hands of God. And let's just take a moment. Nobody's looking around. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. You've never given your life to Christ, or you've fallen away from your relationship with the Lord or you just feel unsure, but you say, today I want to I wanna make a step forward in my life toward God. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand right now and say, that's me, would you pray for me? All over the room, just lift your hand up. God bless you right here. God bless you, God bless you. Come on, right here. Just be brave for a minute. Just lift your hand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed, but where are you right now? Are you confident that your life is is in the hands of an incredible God who loves you, who's for you. Anybody else say, yeah, pray with me. Uh, Include me in this prayer. God bless you guys. Thank you all over the room. I want us to pray together. This is for everybody that lifted their hand, but I would just love for all of us to say this prayer together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I've messed up. But I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning as I surrender to Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen.